traded cards when we were kids. Something we had for something we wished. It wasn't always easy letting go. But once you shook hands, that's all she wrote. I traded it all. Thanks for sitting down today. My name's Kevin from Bison Moon Group, Reach the Moon Podcast. I'm here with Matt Fawcett. He's a singer and songwriter uh, that goes by the name Matt Fawcett. Check him out on iTunes or up on Instagram. Matt, uh, can you give yourself a little intro? Yeah. So, I, like you said, I'm a singer-songwriter. I've been writing since I was a kid. Um, absolutely love sharing my music with other people and um, love writing about pretty much, um, I mean, daily life and anything that has come across my path or possibly may come across my path, I see the world in songs. So I am actually doing a project right now to write, record, and release a brand new song once a week for the year. Um, so that keeps me on my toes. And, you know, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And it, I mean, that's a little bit about me as far as what I do. And I mean, song, <laughs> songwriting and music is definitely a, a difficult industry to get into. But I think, I mean, I, if I wasn't doing it as a business, I'd be doing it anyway so (laughs) no that's understandable um you said this is not your first entrepreneurship venture you've worked uh, with other people before uh what else have you done Mm -hmm. um so i've done a lot of stuff with um like people's social media accounts just helping them figure out um how to make it best suit their business um several other jobs i had i've been working in um the music industry for a while on some level um i did a lot of um, live sound production stuff throughout college and then actually worked for a camp ministry for a while doing all their tech stuff um and then now currently full-time job that actually you know put roof over the head and food on the table currently is working in sale retail sales um with music um equipment so i do that on top of doing all the music entrepreneurship stuff but i help a lot of people uh, it's kind of interesting how a lot of the same principles apply to no matter what industry people are part of. Um, and a lot of it's just about trying to help people figure out how to connect with their customers or in my case, their fans. Um, so I have to try to help people do that as much as I possibly can. That ends up being a side hobby as much as it is like a main deal for what I do as, as my entrepreneurship stuff. What's something on your today or tomorrow daily to-do list for you being a singer? Yeah, so I always try to write something down as far as um, music is concerned. So whether it's just a single lyric, um, whether it's an entire chorus or an entire song, I'm always trying to put words together in a way that captivates an emotion or a feeling um, that seems normal to people, but maybe put in a different way than anybody's ever put it before. Um, I like messing with words and tweaking them and moving them around. So that's definitely one of the top to-do list things is always to stay in the craft and continually work on that. Um, as far as like progressing the music side of it for like the, the business side of it, I spent a lot of time on Twitter and Instagram just trying to connect with people and share my music with them. Cause that's, I mean, other than being able to go out and tour, it's not a really great way to be able to continually put your music in front of people um, other than paying thousands or millions of dollars to Google 
for your name to pop up every time somebody searches music. Um, so since a lot of us don't have the cash flow to be able to do that, um, I spend a lot of time trying to make one-on-one connections with people via social media so that I can actually introduce them to my music. And if they like it, awesome. Um, then I've got an opportunity later to be able to continue to share music as it comes available. Do you have any family that participates in your entrepreneurship? Um, sort of. So the cool part is like, uh, the way my family is set up is we've got people with a bunch of really random talent. So my, uh, older sister actually works as a graphic designer for NASA. So any sort of graphics or anything that I need done, whether it's album titles, logos, um, trying to think of what else she's done for me, pretty much anything that has to do with the graphic side of music. Um, I shoot over ideas to her and then just trust her to be able to come up with the idea that I can't really portray in my head. <laughs> um, so there have been times where I've literally sent her like a stick figure drawing for an album uh, cover or whatever, and she sent me back this brilliant um, cover or whatever that every time people look at her, like, oh, that's that, that is brilliant. Like, well, that's my sister that did all that stuff. Um, so she does that. My wife actually helps me out a ton. Um, with trying to just keep me sane and also helping me somewhat with the social media stuff. She's done a lot of the like videos that I put up. Um, I'll have her sometimes just shoot those videos. So I'll tell her kind of what I'd like them to look like. Um, so as far as like YouTube stuff, it's hard to shoot videos for yourself that are stagnant, unless they're just stagnant up on a tripod. But if I have an idea, she's usually pretty apt to jump in and help me out right away, which is a lot of fun. That's awesome. I like what you said about your sister. My dad and I, a number of times, have drawn each other a map using a stick and dirt. Oh, yeah. And it's exactly where he tells me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So being that kind of music's always been your passion, turning it into a full-out entrepreneurship business, was it kind of a firecracker start for you, or was it really a slow burn? Um, it has been, I think it's going to continue to be a slow burn. It's kind of interesting. The more study that I've done on artists who, I guess by societal standards made it, um, or made it big or huge or whatever, had been doing music for years well before they ever, um, you know, made it big. So there's one, i trying to remember her name, but she was the one who wrote the song, um, this is my fight song. Um, and that blew up huge in the last year. She'd been doing music stuff for a good 10 years where she was playing out um, a ton. She'd been writing songs for a long time and almost wanted to give it up several times. So I think it's one of those industries that for very few people, it's been a firecracker, like just kind of exploded type moment without the 10 years or, you know, extended period of time where it's just a continual grind every single day. Um, so there've been moments where there's definitely leaps forward, um, to where all of a sudden I feel like I'm way ahead of where I was, um, you know, six months ago or, you know, even a week ago. Um, and there's a, but there's a lot of plateau moments to where you'll make one huge step or get open for a larger band and get a lot of momentum going and then kind of have to keep pushing forward and continuing because it's just me as far as the organization of the entrepreneurship stuff. I'm also the boss and the employee where I have to continue to keep pushing forward. And that's where the slow burn is annoying at times, but it's also a benefit because it means that I've got more chances to try to make sure that I get things right. Um, 
and can always put my best foot forward because there are a lot of times where I'm just learning stuff and I'm not perfect all the time <laughs> for sure. Do you feel that you're alone? And also, I believe it was Rachel Platten that wrote that fight song we yes. were talking about. Yep, that was her. But do you, do you ever feel alone? Um, sometimes. And there's honestly, that's one of the things that I've found to be the most helpful is to find a group of people, whether they're in the same genre or even the same industry that can kind of support each other. Um, so even though like I'm the only one who's specifically doing like pushing my business forward and my songwriting, I know of a lot of other songwriters or musicians that we uh, get together every once in a while or chat over Facebook, um, just about what we're struggling with. And really it's more of a encouragement group, um, where we all know, like, it's not easy, but if we can share like the small wins that we have, um, or like those major steps forward, it makes it a lot easier. Cause there are a lot of times where you feel like I'm the only one out here. I'm the only one pushing my, my stuff. And, um, you know, I'm trying to give the world a good or a service that I feel like I'm the only one that appreciates. And that's where having that support group behind you. Um, and my wife is definitely by far one of my best supporters cause she's always, um, trying to help me understand how hard I'm actually working. Because you can always look at what you do throughout the day and be like, man, I could have done more. Um, and she's usually the one that brings my feet back to the ground and say, yeah, you, you may have been able to do more, but it wouldn't be sustainable. And at that point in time, you'd just be running yourself into the ground. So be happy with what you did accomplish and make sure that, you know, you can always do better tomorrow. Um, but if you're always going to be unhappy with no matter what effort you put forward, then you're just going to be unhappy, even if you're trying to pursue a dream that you've always wanted, and you're not going to be happy in doing that. I like that answer a lot because I agree. Sometimes as an entrepreneur, you're like, I want to do these 10 things, but you do five with extreme quality to your standards. And then you look mm -hmm. back, well, I didn't do those, but I sure did those five things. Awesome. It doesn't matter even if it's just gathering contacts and typing in all the notes and putting them in the right category. It might take you two minutes or yep. three minutes per contact, and you're like, oh, I only did 10, but it's been a half an hour. Um, <laughs> it, yep. It's the truth. A question, anyone that you got some extra support from or a mentor that maybe you didn't see uh, ever coming into your life? Um, it has been kind of interesting. There have been multiple people that um, have kind of popped up in my life that honestly like really didn't have a whole lot to do with the music industry as much as just um supporting me as an individual so like one of the um pastors of my wife's home church has been a huge um supporter of just me in general and always um pointing me back to what the, really the meaning of life is in loving god and serving others and that's been a huge support that i didn't really think would necessarily have too much to do with the entrepreneurship side of the business, but always constantly being able to, you know, roll back on my heels and sit back and like the why, why I'm doing this. Like, yeah, there's a part of like, I've always wanted this as a kid to be able to do it, but there's also the aspect of, I want to do it because I want to serve other people. And I think there's a message or a encouragement that I can give to other people unlike anybody else can, even though there's other songwriters, other musicians, there's something unique about the way that I do it 
that um, is almost like my own unique thumbprint that um, even if it's just two or three people or even just one person that needs to hear it, I feel like it's my duty to be able to really um, do my due diligence to get it out to him. And so that's been super helpful for him to really speak into my life and to encourage me in that way. And there have been other random contacts actually in the music industry that I've met in like some of the most random ways. One guy actually came to the camp ministry that I was working at at the time. I was running sound. He used to be the drummer for DC Talk and now is actually running sound for Mercy Me out on tour. Um, it's been a huge help. Um, uh, random tour managers that I meet um, from other contacts that we find each other on Facebook and I shoot them off my questions and they've been able to essentially kind of keep my head out of the clouds and bring me back to reality of, you know, if this is what you really want to do, here's what it's going to look like. It's not all, you know, uh, rainbows and unicorns. When you get there, there's, there is a work aspect to it, but if this is what you want, this is what it looks like. And that's been super helpful too. Where do you see yourself in three to five, maybe even 10 years? But a question that I want to dig into first, which will lead into the other one, is mm-hmm. what's the biggest crowd that you've played uh, to date? Let's see. Biggest crowd was probably, um, I got the opportunity to open up for a band called 10th Avenue North, um, actually this last summer. And they were probably about, the venue itself held about 3,500 people. I think at the time I played, because I'd played earlier in the afternoon before they took the stage, it was probably around a thousand people that were there. Um, so as far as just doing like my own personal music, that's probably the largest crowd that I've played for. There were other times that I, you know, led um, worship for the college campus I went at uh, or went to, where there were um, probably. 2,500 or 3,000 people in the, in the audience. Um, but that was uh, more, I don't necessarily count that only because that was not a show of my music. Um, so yeah, it was probably about a thousand people that were in, at that show, which was absolutely incredible to be able to open up for them. That was a huge opportunity and um, possibly do that again sometime soon. Hopefully that's, I mean, we're talking about three to five years. Hopefully that's where I'll find myself as far as continuing to push forward and looking to seek better opportunities and connections with people so that I'll be able to do that more on a regular basis to be able to open up for larger bands um, and then actually be able to do my own touring stuff too to be able to play music for that many people every night would be awesome. Do you have any connections or people that you typically team up with right now? Um, A handful of them. So there are a lot of people that um, I know that are in similar stages of their career that I am. And we've done a couple of like, um, uh, like group together gigs. So we're all open for them and then they'll open up for me. Um, and so we've done that. I'm still working on a couple of connections right now, actually, to try to get people who are a couple of steps ahead of me to be able to open up for them. Um, so that hopefully that introduces me to a different audience. Um, and that's kind of the cool benefit of finding people who are even in your own, like where I am or whatever is because we can essentially share our audiences with other people, which is pretty awesome. Cause when you think about it, even though there are people who like my music, um, actually the girl I'm thinking of, her name is Joy Chadwell. She has a completely different audience. She's a female vocalist. 
she sings a lot different style of music, similar content on some level, but um, she sings it from a different perspective. And so we've shared audiences before um, to where we'd team up and, you know, I'd open for her and then um, I'd be able to play like uh, the gig we do where it was actually at her church and then opening for 10th Avenue North. Um, she actually sang with me on a couple of songs that we both sang growing up as kids. So that is definitely helpful because you're both working hard, but then you're actually helping each other out at the same time too. Well, that's really cool. I'll be honest, a question we should have touched on in the beginning there was what type of music do you play? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, <laughs> so I play uh, contemporary Christian country folk rock type music. So if you think of, like, if you know Stephen Curtis Chapman, um, if you mixed his style with a little bit of, like, Garth Brooks, that would be more in line as kind of what I do. So I bounce a little bit genre wise and not everything i mean there's some stuff that would be played in the church for sure but there's a lot of it that wouldn't um and i do that on purpose because i don't necessarily think that there i think there's times when music is totally fine to just talk about life the way it is um one of the main mantras i have is um to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable and a lot of times what that takes is talking about situations that aren't necessarily fun to talk about and trying to bring them to the forefront and just to have a conversation about it. Like a uh, song I wrote actually for my bass player, um, he and his wife had lost their first daughter three days after she was born. And a lot of the songs that she had been listening to on the radio were stuff that like she just turned it off. She just couldn't handle it. It was too happy clappy, like wasn't it, it wasn't speaking into the reality of where she was in life so i'd written her a song that was essentially talking about just the realities of the emotions she was going through um to try to help her you know it's it's okay to grieve that's a hard tough life situation and it's not turning it into well everything will be fine well it might be but in that moment the worst and most unloving thing you can tell to somebody is well it'll be okay eventually <laughs> like Trust me, they're hoping it's going to be okay eventually, but that's something that's a deep hurt and pain that sometimes we just need to empathize with and realize, you know what, that sucks. Um, so I've written some songs like that specifically for life situations, for people and even for myself um, to realize, you know what, life sucks sometimes and that's okay. <laughs> that's exactly a very true point of music. I've spent a lot of time listening to music and the feelings they can pull out of you or even push you through. Mm -hmm. For sure. And that's why I love doing it because it can speak to people in every stage of life and in every situation. Um, and that's part of that. Why I love doing it is because it's, it's trying to speak truths into people's lives where they are and point them to where you want them to go or bring them alongside where you want them to go and doing that without it sounding um like blunt or harsh or mean or rude like all that stuff it's basically like songs are like friends to people they're what help bring them through different stages of life whether it's a good experience or a bad experience that, that's so true um a question that i always ask is how can i help you reach the moon yeah it's an interesting question because honestly right now the the cool part is just introducing people to the music that I write and create, um, which all of your listeners can actually go to faucetmusic.com 
There's a website that I have, um, which is F is in Frank, A-W-C-E-T-T, music.com. And um, you just put in your email address and your name, and I'll actually send you one of my records um, as a download completely for free. You can listen to it, enjoy it, love it, hate it, do whatever you want to with it. But that's honestly the, the coolest part about creating music is being able to share it with other people. And the more people that get to listen to it, the more chances I have to be able to share it with people and um, really the more chances that people have to share it with others, which is ultimately my goal is to allow it to reach as many people as want to hear it. As an entrepreneur, how comfortable are you discussing some of the problems you're having with your family? Oh, super comfortable. (laughs) My wife and I talk about this stuff all the time. Um, It's really difficult balancing um, like the entrepreneur side of working because there's always more stuff you can do. Um, It's definitely a job that you never really leave. Like you can't really punch out of being an entrepreneur at six o'clock at night. Um, There's always stuff that can be done or could be done. Um, So I, my wife, of course, we've talked about, and then I've got two kids. I have a two-year-old and a six-month-old. So they're real young. And my wife is very good at making sure that I spend time with them and not always just constantly working on songwriting or the music of the business. So it's definitely a balance um, that I feel like honestly is um, always going to be a tensioned balance. Um, There's going to be times where like even this weekend I'm doing a lot of gigs all right in a row, a Friday gig on Friday night, then Saturday morning and then a Saturday evening gig. So my whole weekend is taken up with playing music. Um, And that's time that I'm not able to spend with my family Um, but my wife helps me balance that to where we've actually scheduled out like certain weekends where it's like, okay, this is going to be a just family weekend. So if I'm playing at church, that's fine, but I'm not going to go out and do anything, or I'm going to make sure that when I'm at home, you know, I really, after my, you know, nine to five gig or whatever that I do, I, I, my kids are only going to be awake for two to three hours at night. So I'll make sure when I get home, I'm spending time with them. Um, and it, it makes me have to be more creative with, you know, the time that I do have in the day to where if I want to push this thing forward and continue to make it into a viable business that I can then switch into doing full time. Um, I have to be really intentional about the time that I have and use it wisely um, and make sure that I'm not sacrificing my family in order to be able to do that. So, and yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable talking about it because my wife and I have these conversations daily. <laughs> It's so true how much we lean on family to help us through the feelings, right? Oh, for sure. And that's, I mean, with music, that's really where a lot of my writing comes from is my relationship with my wife and my kids and the rest of my family. And if I'm neglecting them or putting them off on the you know, side burner to be able to pursue a career, they're really, I mean, they're super supportive. And my wife understands when there's times that she needs to allow me to do more um, to if certain um, opportunities come up that all happen to be right in a row. Like she's fully fine with giving me that time, knowing that both of us, our desire is to make sure that our family continues to stay intact and together. Um, and even with my day job, we've always, family is most important and we're going to make sure that that stays together as intact because that's the heartbeat of who we are. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a constant balance and it's a give and take. There's times where I'm taking more than I'm giving and, so that means there's going to be times when I have to give more than I take, too. 
I would like to know what your thoughts are about your pricing. Uh, you've thought about your CD being offered for free, and mm -hmm. your what type of financial plan? How do you set your pricing for how many people you're going to play? Play. Yeah, it's an interesting question because it's one of those where it depends on the venue at times. Um, there have been some organizations where I've chosen to play for free um, due to certain stipulations. So there's an event that I do pretty much every year in Southern Ohio. It's for a crisis pregnancy center. So they actually, for uh, women who are choosing not to abort their children, but go through the pregnancy, um, they have a, a fundraising event every single year. That's a walk that people pay to participate with for that. I go down and play every year just because I love what they're doing, how they're actually serving their community and helping people out. Um, when it comes to other places, I, the goal is to make, to be able to do music full time for sure. Um, but to also make it sustainable. So there've been gigs that I've said no to, even though they'd be awesome opportunities because it would mean that it wouldn't be sustainable. So if I'm actually paying, even though I'm getting paid to go play, um, you know, down in Texas, which is, you know, the other side of the States for me, um, but I'm not getting enough to be able to actually pay for the plane tickets to be able to get there to be able to do it and then be able to get back to my family. Um, that's kind of how I gauge a lot of that. So a lot of it has to do with location and if I'm playing other gigs, whether we can share, um, between like the different venues or whatever, um, the cost of travel and lodging. Um, cause ultimately like if I, if I break even, even though that may be phenomenal for the venues, like, Hey, we don't have to pay them as much. I'm never going to be able to jump into to doing it full time because I still have to be able to feed and clothe my kids and be able to provide a home for them. Um, so it's, it's one of those things that kind of fluctuates a lot right now. I've been doing a lot of gigs for basically $500, um, that are close to home because that allows me to be able to take the time off of the day job to be able to go and do them. It pays for the gas to be able to get there it pays for my time, and a lot of times I'm providing the sound system and everything else. Um, so even though a lot of people will look at a musician and be like, well, but you're only doing like an hour set, there's the drive time, the setup time, uh, the actual playing time, but then the teardown time and everything else that goes into that. Um, and to make it sustainable, you've got to actually make more money than what it costs to be able to do it. Otherwise, you're going to be shooting yourself in the foot and can never actually make the jump into doing it full time. That is exactly the idea um, of why I charge to do these podcasts because I actually like to do this long term, years down the road. So I hear yeah, what you're saying. For sure. <laughs> I was just gonna say, and, and it's true. It's a lot of times I, when I talk with people about music, they just kind of assume that you're getting your money from CD sales or uh, your label's paying you. Well, I I don't have a label. I'm all. Uh, completely independent um but with cd sales not being anywhere near what they were back in the past because that was the only way you could really get it other than listening to the radio there's a lot of different revenue streams that songwriters and musicians have to try to cultivate in order to be able to do it and gigs is one where you can make more money doing it but it's also it wears a lot more on your family too and that's kind of the, the cost benefit analysis that you have to do with whatever you're doing is what is my time actually worth and how can I continue to do it long-term? Because if we don't have a long-term goal, I mean, yeah, I could definitely go out and do whatever gig I wanted to 
and actually pay to do it. But at that point in time, you're not set up to do it for the long haul. That's awesome. What's the best way for somebody to get a hold of you? Yeah, honestly, um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, which people can feel free to message me on there. I'm active daily on it. Um, but my website, um, mattfawcettmusic.com, um, there's a way to be able to email me directly off the website. Um, you can also get the free um, free album download to you through the website as well, too. There's a bunch of links on there for it. But um, that's the best way for people to reach out is actually snag the record and I'll send it to you and then just reply back to that email. And whereabouts are you located uh, just if somebody wants to come out and listen to you live? Yeah, for sure. So I'm located in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Currently, I do a lot of um, concerts and gigs around the Midwest, so Ohio, Indiana, mostly some up in Michigan. Um, but if people want me to come out and play, honestly, the best thing to do is just contact me, and I, I want to figure out a way to make things work. Um, so usually when people contact and say, hey, how much do you charge? I give them my best estimate as far as the information I have as far as location and everything else. Um, but I want to make things work for their event and then also for me to be able to do it long term. Thanks for listening today to Bison Moon Group, Reach the Moon podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or Instagram or leave a comment on iTunes. Is there anything else you want to touch on today? Uh, no, just thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, the best thing you can do is continue daily to remind yourself of why you're doing what you're doing and, you know, do the best you can with what you have and with where you are and be satisfied with what you've done at the end of the day. Cause if you're, there's tons of other people that'll beat you up in the world. Um, but if you can be happy with what effort you put forward, that's the best you can do. Ain't that the truth. Thank you so much. Hey, not a problem. Thank you. Treated cards when we were kids Something we had for something we wished It wasn't always easy letting go But once you shook hands, that's all she wrote I traded it all For diamond ring and No more late nights wandering Who she was or if we'd meet When she said yes when I took one knee I traded it all Now I wouldn't trade a thing Every dream that I traded For this reality Made me a richer man The fortune could
traded my bike for an SUV Where I could fit two booster seats Just enough space for the pack and play Fold up the stroller and we're on our way I traded it all Now I wouldn't trade a thing Every dream that I traded for this reality Made me rich a man No fortune could ever bring I traded it all Now I wouldn't trade a thing There are things that I missed That I'll never get back Looking at my life I'm sure glad that I have I traded wrath for amazing grace The substitute took my place The gift of life paid for in blood Bound for heaven by his love, I dream.